on the code, but at least it came into this. But uh, we got plans for the whole building to do that, and I'm excited about it. And I'll talk to you about it a little bit more at the end. But let's prepare our hearts right now to receive the word. Are we ready to receive the word? Ready to, to go to another level, to consecrate a little further? Amen. This is our time of consecration together once a week. You know, this day is holy. We set it aside for God. It's, you know, I don't plan nothing else on Sunday because Sunday is my day to be with God, with the people of God. Amen. Amen. So this is, this is consecration right here today. Amen. 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 Just as a hand, this is consecration. Amen. Consecration does awesome things in your life. All right. Well, let's let's declare God's God's goodness over our hearts today as we're about to receive the word. Come on, say the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Yes, He has anointed me to hear and apply His word. I'm about to know better, so that I may do better, have better, and be better. I am becoming everything. God is destined me to be. I am becoming everything the devil fears I'll be. I'm becoming everything the haters say I could never be. So after today, I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, slap three people, high five and say, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. We're ready for an outpouring. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. We're ready for an outpouring. We're preparing ourselves for an outpouring. Oh, I'm so excited. It's just so neat to look back and see how God has orchestrated everything. Amen. Just absolutely amazing. All right. So here we're we're preparing for an outpouring. We're an incredible breakthrough. And and this month is Overflow October. And we're preparing for a breakthrough. So number one, prepare, not breakthrough. We're preparing for an outpouring. But we're, we're believing God all this year for incredible breakthrough. But preparing for an outpouring through consecration. And we've talked about this. This is our third week to talk about consecration. The setting of ourselves apart in order that we might come out with boldness. That we might come out with more power. You know, we see in scripture where people who went into times of consecration came out and great moves of God followed their times and their seasons of consecration. So we have seen that this year. This has been a great power has gone out and we've been able to do things. And you know, it all started last year. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but it all started last year when I was at the Strategies Conference with um, Dr. Vernon DuPont, who is another female lead pastor. And she was talking, we, we talked on the way to the retreat center um, to have dinner. And uh, she told me about what, she said, what are you doing right now? And I told her, you know, what we were doing. And then she was saying, I said, well, what are you doing? She said, honey, we are praying. I'm like, what do you mean you're praying? She said, we started corporate prayer. She said, and we started to stop it. And they said, um, no, we got to keep it going, Pastor. We, gotta, we just fasted 30 days. Now we go into another 30 days. I'm like, what? And you will have a member left after that? <laughs> but she said, yes. She said, everything we try to do has become so easy. Amen. Everything we're doing in the natural is becoming easy because we're winning the spiritual fight, the spiritual battle. Hallelujah. So that was what sparked our season of consecration. And uh, so consecration, what is consecration? It's to be set apart, to separate ourselves as men and women of God, to be uncompromising, (coughs) surrendered. You know, I'm uncompromising. You're not going to get me to compromise. Why? Because I belong to God. I've been bought with a price. I belong to Him. My body belongs to Him. My mind belongs to Him. My spirit belongs to Him. I belong to God's spirit, soul, and body. Amen. I'm His. I am consecrated. He has chosen me. I've responded to that call. And He has set me apart as now a child of the living God. I once was in darkness, but now I'm in the light. Amen. Amen. I once was a nobody. He's made me a somebody. Amen. Once was rejected. Now I'm accepted Amen. in the beloved. Amen. Amen. And so we are consecrated people. We're not like everyone else. Amen. Amen. Uncompromising. I will not compromise my walk. I will not compromise my witness. I will not compromise because I'm consecrated, because I'm set apart. And when you live this kind of life, there's a grace that comes on your life. When you live set apart, when you live consecrated, there is a power and a grace that comes upon your life for abundant living, for overflow. Amen. So it means to separate ourselves as men and women of God, uncompromising, surrendered. Get a picture in your mind, if you will, of a, a soldier surrendering to the other king. What kind of rights does he have now? 
We need to see ourselves coming to Jesus like that. Yes, amen. Yes. The old agenda is over with. Now, God, it's your will for my life that matters most. And we do that by keeping his will at the forefront of our minds. That's why I say saturate, saturate, saturate in the word. It's because i got to keep that stirred up in me all the time. Otherwise, I'll just go back into the flow with the world. You get carried off and drift and drift away. We have to, on purpose, set a course and keep checking your, your compass and stay on course. Yes. Stay on course. Yes. If you don't quit, you win. Amen. If you stick with God, God will stick with you. Yes. Don't go off the freeway. Yes. Don't get off on the feeder road and get, get going in a direction that you don't need to be going. Amen? Amen. Stay the course. Stay the course. That's the one thing I can say about, not that I have been perfect the entire time. Lord knows. I, I know the weaker side of me. Amen. But I started with God. August of 1994. And I hadn't quit. Amen. I had stayed on track. I studied his word until I got it. I had that aha moment. I get it now. Mm -hmm. I get it. When I realized I'm not my own anymore. I belong to him. I owe him everything. Amen. Amen. It's all his. Mm -hmm. And I've stayed on track. And he has unfolded the path before me. And here I stand. Here we stand at breakdown. Oh, Amen. here we stand. All the enemy tried to do could not stop the breakthrough because I wouldn't quit. Amen. I stayed consecrated. I stayed in his camp. I stayed in my lane. Sometimes that lane was hard. I, you don't know how bad I wanted to move over to another lane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I've stayed the course. Praise God. And God has been faithful. Praise God. <laughs> Surrender. Everybody go like this. That's an international sign. It's more than an international sign. It's an, it's an interspiritual sign. <laughs> Between here and the spirit realm, everybody knows what that means too. It means I give. Not my will. These are your hands, Lord. Yes. These are your hands. Yes. All right? Surrender. Dedicated. The difference between being like this and being de- dedicated. I am dedicated. Somebody say dedicated. dedicated. Laser focused on the things of God. Intentional shifting. Underline that. Intentional shifting. Intentional shifting. Your flesh is not going to want to do it. Your flesh is going to, going to want to drift along. But you, you don't owe your flesh anything. Amen. You get yourself by the back of your own collar and get yourself straightened out. Intentional shifting. It's something that I do on purpose. Intentional shifting to kingdom priorities. And it means intense commitment. That's what an outpouring Consecration requires intense commitment. Joshua 3, 5 says, Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. The Lord will do amazing things among you. Matthew 6, 6. But you, when you pray, go into your room and when you shut the door, pray to your Father who's in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. So when I consecrate to pray, I might not feel anything. I might not even get one goosebump. Might feel like my prayers are just hitting the ceiling and ain't nobody listening. But God is listening to every word. Make yourself a list of what you want to say when you go into prayer. Make yourself a prayer outline. These are the things I want to talk to God about. You know, I'm going to use the, the, the uh, Lord's Prayer as a guide. Our oh, Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your holy is your name. Go in praising him. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise. Sometimes I just run in and crawl up in his lap. But it sort of sets the tone and the stage for your prayer time. But you go in and then, you know, have your outline of things you want to say to God. I have to organize my thoughts, otherwise I'm all over the place. So it's good to organize what you want to say when you go to God. Because what we say matters. And what you say in the secret place, He sees you there. He sees you there in the secret place. He sees you there, Nasario. He sees you when you pray. He sees when you cry. Hallelujah. And pray. And cry some more. He sees you when you pray. And He rewards you openly when you pray. So we don't go by feelings. Amen? Amen. Right. Number one, the overflow and the amazing things don't just happen. They're triggered by consecration. So consecration triggers this. The power of God to move. 
consecrate for tomorrow. The Lord will do amazing things among you. The 1.5. I gave you a 1.5. Why? Because I'd already numbered everything when I thought of this. I'm like, I'm going to go back in and renumber everything. So y'all get a 1.5 today. Bonus. Bonus. The add to life is triggered by consecration. Did I put it on your sheet? Okay. The add to life. Add to. The add to life is triggered by consecration. Matthew 6.33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It's consecrated, right? I'm seeking the kingdom first. It's first on my mind. It's first on my list. It's first in my priorities. And his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. See, we spend our time chasing things. When God said, if you'll chase me, I'll cause things to come into into your lap. I'll cause things to chase you down and come upon you and overtake you. You chase me, stuff chases you. That's how it works. Amen. Amen. I know I'm preaching good today. All right. Matthew 6, 33, seek first. And and all these things we added to you. Number two, our kingdom commitments cause blessing to rebound back into our lives. When we focus on the kingdom. See, we're here for purpose. We're here because God has some stuff he wants us to do. So it causes blessing to rebound back into our lives. Psalm 37, 4. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. So if I consecrate to delight in the Lord, put him first, put the kingdom first, he gives you the desires of your heart. And I submit to you, you don't even know what some of the desires of your heart are because you can't think that big. Message translation says, keep company with God and get in on the best. I like that. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 10, it says, But as it is written, <clears throat> this is what I'm talking about right here, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love Him, those who are consecrated unto Him. He's prepared some things for you that you couldn't even think up or dream of. But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. That's what consecration is all about. Deep. As it says there in Psalm 42, 7, deep calls unto deep. Yeah. And now go into the secret place. We ought to just linger in there until, until my soul is crying out for God. Yes. Deep. The deep places in me are calling out to the deep places of God. And we're making that connection. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. You know, I did not have the capacity to believe for the marriage that I have now. I did not think that it could even exist. I always thought I was going to have to settle in some area. But I'm telling you, I'm not settling in any area in this marriage. I'm so happy, I don't know what to do with myself. And I really, I mean, I feel like I married a prince. I really do. I feel like it's like, I've only seen this like in fairy tales. <laughs> really, I've never, I've never, I've never thought that this could be. Happy ending. Yeah, I know, it's awesome. <laughs> it's a happy ending. I'm like, I was calculating on the way to church today. How many years could I live like this? Maybe until I'm 90? That'd be like, what, another 40 years? That's another, another 40, 40 years is a long time. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Another 40 years, the best of the rest of my life will be the best of my life. My life will be greater. He saved the best for last. It's like I'm living on dessert the rest of my life. Woo! It's good. You know, and, and, and even if I could have thought it could happen, what were the chances of finding it? If I could have thought that big, I just would have been disappointed day after day thinking, I'll never find him. Tamar, he showed up. He showed up and blew blew my mind away. See, God knew. And I believe that with all my heart, our decision to consecrate for this entire year, actually to just go that next 40 days. Because we didn't even say we were going to keep keep going all year. We said we were just going to go for four days. But I believe that consecration. Look, look right here it is. I found it. I found it. Look, even Chi-Chi marked the corner right there. That's bird poop right there. <laughs> but you see all the check marks on it? See, here's the date on this. Sunday, um, it's, it was Monday, December the 4th through Sunday, January the 14th. See my check marks, all of you? I probably can't see it, but I check mark it. This is precious to me right here because I know what this produced, this time of consecration. We're praying for souls. And, you know, when Job prayed for his friends, he got double back. back. See, when we pray for the kingdom of God, like we do every morning on that prayer call, God begins to work in our lives. Amen? And so um, it was, this started December the 4th. I met Murray on December the 9th. Amen. Ain't that good? 
I completely believe that it was our decision to consecrate. And, and not only that, but as we continued and kept on the consecration, I mean, I already knew. <laughs> I need him to know. All right. It only took till June. Boom. Whole lot of ice on that finger. <laughs> don't hate y'all. Don't hate. Don't hate. Don't hate. Don't hate. Hallelujah. So I'm excited. I'm so excited about that. I know that because we consecrated as a church that the Lord is doing amazing things among us. Amen. So consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things. Amazing things among you. So um, for years, we met right here on this stage for years and prayed every Tuesday morning at 5 a.m. That's before we had prayer calls. We would sit right here on this stage and pray. And we would have sometimes 15, 20 people at 5 a.m. on a Tuesday. I remember one person would come all the way from Westheimer over here at 5 a.m. to pray and then go home and get ready to go to work. Wow. And that season of consecration, when we made a decision to pray once a week at that time, I'm telling you, tremendous things began to bust open. Dr. Cheyenne came and gave us all the equipment we needed for television ministry. And then sent his, his staff back to come and set it up. Raise your hand if y'all remember that. There's some in here that remember that miracle. That happened because of consecration. Because how many of you know, Dr. Sean said he was going to come and train us for, for television ministry. But who knew if he was a man of his word and if he'd follow through. We prayed for 18 months that he would do what he said he would do. Finally, we got the call and he said, I'm coming. Amen. Praise God. Praise I know it was a season of consecration that caused that to happen, but it's because we got on this stage and we prayed. I'm telling you, I know this is holy ground. Amen. So what we were doing, whenever you meet together for prayer, this prayer call, what does it do? Tremendous power is released, but not only that, but we're accessing the power of agreement with corporate consecration. Number two, corporate consecration taps into the power of agreement. Corporate consecra consecration. That means when we all come together and pray together, like on the phone or when we pray before service, we're going to start a prayer time before service back in the office there for all the leaders. That It's just consecration time. Yeah. We just set ourselves apart. And we come out of that room with some power on us. Amen? Yeah. All right. Matthew 18, 19 through 20. It says, again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning what? Anything. Anything that they ask, it will be done for them. Now, wait a minute. Back up. This is Jesus talking, number one. Yeah. And number two, he's saying that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there in the midst of them. So he says if any of us will just touch it, we don't even have to touch. We can just touch with our agreement and declare it's done. Yeah. Everybody just say that. It's done. It's done. Because we said so. He said, if you'll just agree, it'll be done by my Father in heaven. Amen? Amen. All right? Genesis 11, 6 through 7. This is talking about corporate agreement and corporate consecration. It says, and the Lord said, indeed, the people are one. In one translation, it says the people is one. Because that's what you'd say if it was uh, just a single person. So the people are all so much in one accord. They're like one person. So the Lord said, indeed, the people are one and they all have one language. And this is what they begin to do. Now, nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. Look at the power of agreement right there. When we all get together, we all say the same thing and we're all declaring the same thing. Nothing we propose to do will be withheld from us because we're in agreement. A threefold cord is not easily broken. Amen. Amen. And so we can't, we can't be broken when we're in agreement. Hallelujah. Amen. And so Jesus said that even the very gates of hell can't keep his church, consecrated people, out of breakthrough. What's the church? Consecrated people. Amen. The church, look what it says, the called out ones, assembly, members, congregation. So that's what the church is. He's talking about you and me right there. Matthew 6, 16, 18 through 19. On this rock, I will build my church, and that's the called out ones. Assembly, the members, and the gates of Hades or hell shall not prevail against it. When we get together and we pray and agree over something, the gates of hell shall not even stand against us. We're going to get our breakthrough. Amen. Amen. So let's look at some scriptural examples of people who got in agreement with someone else and got the breakthrough they were looking for. So scriptural examples. A is Hannah. 
Y'all remember, Hannah was barren. And she was fed up with it. She was distraught. She wouldn't eat. She went into a season of consecration and, and, and wouldn't eat. She started fasting and said, I'm going to just Hannah, H-A-N-N-A-H. Y'all got that? Yeah, Hannah. So, so um, her husband tried to make things better for her. He loved her more than they had another wife named Paniah. And Paniah had lots of kids, but Hannah didn't have any. And Paniah would pick on Hannah every day because she didn't have any kids. She'd be like, Hannah, let me borrow some of your baby powder. Oh, I forgot. You ain't got no babies. Oh, Lord. So she would pick on her every day anyway and just make it even worse for poor Hannah. So Hannah just said, you know what? He can't do this for me. My husband cannot do this for me. He came to me and said, Hannah, why are you so sad? Am I not good? He gave her twice. Even though she didn't have any children, he gave her twice what he gave the other wife, right in the other wife's face. But that still didn't make it okay. Hannah still wanted her breakthrough. So she consecrated. Somebody say consecrated. consecrated. She consecrated and she took her hips, lips, and all of that down to the to the to the temple. And she goes in and she falls down um, there on the altar and she begins to pray and pour out her heart to God. <coughs> she poured out her heart and she prayed so passionately. It said that she prayed in her heart, but her lips moved, but no sound came out. And so as, as Eli watched her, he's like, that girl's drunk. <laughs> she comes out and, and he says, why are you drinking in the middle of the day, girl? Why are you down here drunk? Get on home. She's like, I'm not drunk, but I've poured out my heart to the Lord. I want a child so bad, and, I, and I've asked God for a child. And so look what, look what he says. He says, Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition which you have asked of him. In other words, Eli got an agreement with her. Yes. He used the power of agreement. Yes. And he said, it's done. Y'all say, it's done. It's done. He, he said, it's done. And so she went home, and he said that she wasn't sad anymore. She, she had hope in her heart again, and she began to just walk in faith, saying, he said it's done. She put pressure on that. And the Bible says that in the process of time, she conceived and she bore a son. And we know that son was named Samuel. And she took him when he was two years old. She made a little ephod for him so he could be priest. She said, if you, Lord, if you give me this child, I'll give it back to you all the days of his life. I won't cut a hair on his head. He'll be a priest to you. So she asked for something that she could give back to God. Amen. So when he became two years old, she took him down to the, to the, uh, to the uh, temple and turned him in and said, here's your little priest. He became the, the prophet Samuel. He became a prophet, Samuel, who, who, who was just so um, instrumental in the Old Testament for um, being the mouthpiece of God during that time. Amen. And then the Bible says, ha. She said, it says that in one, in one part, Hannah says, well, look, um, look who, that she had born seven children. And look, and look uh, her adversary, she's all feeble. Well, look at me. I've born seven. She had six more kids after Samuel. The Lord blessed her. And she had even more kids. And the other woman who used to pick on her about the baby powder, she got feeble. Come on, somebody say consecration. Hallelujah. And then B, the centurion soldier. The centurion soldier um, got into agreement. All he needed was the power of agreement. To get what he needs. So Jesus, he came to Jesus and said, you know what? My servant is sick. He's like a son to me. He means so much to me. He's at the very point of death. Jesus said, I could just see Jesus getting up and saying, okay, you want me to go with you? Come on, let's go. He said, no, 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 no. I don't need you to come to my house. I don't need you to go over there. I'm a man under authority. So I understand what authority means. I say to this one, go and he goes. I say to that one, come and he comes. He says, I know. All I need you to do is to get in agreement and say the word. And it's done. Jesus looked around. Y'all say this. This is a Roman soldier. The one who's occupying the land that y'all live in. This is a Roman soldier. And he's got more faith than anybody I've seen in Israel. Come on now. He said, go on. What did he say? He said, this is what he said to Jesus. Not only speak a word and my servant will be healed. I just need you to get in agreement. Matthew 8, 13 is what Jesus said. Then Jesus said to this Roman soldier, go your way. And as you have believed, so let it be done for you. In other words, it's done. Somebody say, it's done. It's done. And his servant was healed that same hour. Amen. 
Glory to God. All right, then see, here's another, the power of agreement. Y'all don't take it lightly when we get on that prayer call. Look what it's done. Look what it did here. Praise God. But look at this Canaanite mother. We always call her the Syrophoenician woman. But I thought, you know, she's more than just a woman. She's a mama. A mother who needed breakthrough for her daughter. And she just, all I need is agreement. You know, I don't need you to to, to do anything. You know, I just need a crumb. And a crumb is just agreement. I don't need you to wave your hand. I don't need you to speak anything. She didn't even bring her daughter with her. Just like the man who had the demon possessed boy. You know, he, he, he brought him to Jesus. Somebody, if you could do anything with this kid, help me with it. Right. But this girl, he, she left her home. I don't know if it was so bad she didn't bring him to Jesus. She couldn't take her out in public. It was so, She cussed the priest out. Who knows what she did. She was full of a demon. Severely demon depressed. About, a, a, severely demon possessed is what the Bible says. So she didn't even bring the child to meet Jesus. So she showed up knowing that Jesus got to do something from right there. Come on. She came with that kind of faith. All I need is agreement. Ooh, I know I'm preaching good. Maybe she was a witness to the centurion's miracle. Come on, come on, Pastor. Maybe she saw it and said, that's all I need is to get him in agreement. Come on, yeah. You know, the the, the woman with the issue of blood. Mm -hmm. I just need to consecrate myself enough that I can press through the crowd and just touch the hem of his garment. Yes. Hallelujah. Maybe she witnessed that one. I don't know. But she had enough faith to believe all I need is little. So, you know, Jesus called her a dog. She said, okay, but even the little dogs get to have the crumbs from the table. That was when Jesus snapped around. Look what he says in Matthew 15, 28. Then Jesus answered and said to her, oh, woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. Somebody say, it's done. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Hallelujah. Somebody say it's done. When we agree, we say it's done. And we just do it. Amen. All right. Then D, Jehoshaphat. And that's hard to spell. J-E-H-O-S-H-A-P-H-A-T. Hap-hat. Jehoshaphat. Okay, Jehoshaphat was the king of Judah. And Judah was in Jerusalem. They were outnumbered, but not outmatched. There was a vast army that was coming against them. All the ites banded together. And, and it was a coalition army. It was, it, was, it was a bunch of armies at one time. All came against Jehoshaphat and Judah. And they were coming to throw them out of Jerusalem. Listen to me. Coming to throw them out of their breakthrough. Come on. And look, it says that he prayed. And when Jehoshaphat prayed, the Spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men, Jehazel, and he prophesied. Look at 2 Chronicles, what Jehazel prophesied. It says, this is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, march out against them, but you will not even need to fight. Take your positions, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. So what Jehoshaphat did was he just said... It's done. He got in agreement with the prophetic word. Amen. Sometimes you just need to get in agreement with the promise and say, it's done. Get get in agreement with the prophetic word, which is what? Incredible breakthrough, right? So I'm in agreement for incredible breakthrough. So get in agreement with it. Amen. That's a prophetic word that's gone out. Just say, oh, it's done. I receive it in Jesus' name. Ooh, that's good. Amen. So look what happened. So he came in agreement with it. Now here's what happened. Second Chronicles 20:18. Here's how he responded. Then King Jehoshaphat bowed low with his face to the ground. And all the people of Judah and Jerusalem did the same, worshiping the Lord. That's how you fight right there. Amen. Yeah. That's how you fight. <laughs> let, your, let your worship be your weapon. That's good. Let your worship be your weapon. So they consecrated and watched their enemy defeat themselves. Come on, worshiping, that's consecration, right? So when I began to believe God for this building, the first thing I did was I went to Pastor Bridget. I was at the the Apostles Roundtable, and I had $50 in my purse. And I was getting ready to leave, and the Spirit of God said, Go ask Pastor Bridget for agreement about your building. Because it seemed so far out of reach at that time, y'all. I have to tell you, it was such a process for God to bring me to the place where we could actually lay hold on this. At that time, it seemed so far away. What you're believing God for might seem so far away right now. But I'm telling you, get an agreement and hold on to it. 
Because Pastor Bridget, I, I put my $50 seed in her hand and I said, Pastor Bridget, I just need you to agree with me. And you could see her face as I, I kept talking about it. And she was like saying, yes, yes, yes. I feel God on that. Yes, yes, yes. And so she, she prayed with me and declared that we would have it. And then she looked at me and she said, it's done. It's done. And so I held on to that. It's done. I held on to it when there were some battles I fought that y'all didn't even know about it. You know, we were, I put pressure on that agreement. Plus, we were on the prayer call every morning, right? Yes. So we were in agreement about the building every day. We would get into agreement again. One more time. Here we are, Lord. We're in the power of agreement. Let it be released. And so, you know, the other people that were looking at this building, we get down to the last week. You know, I'm, I'm going to sign the papers. While I'm in there, he says, excuse me for a minute. He comes back and says, I'll have to give you a disclaimer. There's somebody else looking at it. They want to rent the whole thing. So he said, um, you know, I've given them until Wednesday of next week. Why don't you go ahead and sign the contract and leave your check here. And uh, I'll let you know. I said, look, you go on to let Thomas know this deal ain't never going to go through with these other people because God said it's done. And God came and got me out of the Starbucks line to come here and look at it. So you can tell him. He said, well, I don't mind telling him. I said, well, you tell him. It's never going to go through. But then I had to walk that week out. When all the the hell was coming against my mind. Oh my God, y'all. You have no idea how it came against my mind. And then I I said, you know what? I'm just going to go up there and pray. So I had the key. So I walked in and I came in. And you know, we had come the week before. And Kevin and I had marked off how we wanted to lay out the the, uh, floor plan. I already think we're going to grow so fast that we're not going to be able to do that floor plan. We're going to have to come up with something. I think we're going to have to grow right here until we reach 200. And then we're just going to go ahead and get the other side. Amen. Amen. My vision has increased a little bit. But but I walked in here. And I'm in this last week, down to the last, like, three or four days. And so I walk in, and there's a ladder sitting over in the middle of that floor right over there. Where's the picture of it? See, I, could, I couldn't show it to y'all because y'all couldn't handle it. Come on now. I couldn't tell y'all because y'all couldn't. I think I might have told Jennifer and Kevin. But uh, I guess I knew they could handle it. But look at that ladder. Those old raggedy ratchet people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, let's not say that. Let's take, let's take, let's take, let's take, let's take that back. We take, we take, I take it back. As you leave, I take it back. Jesus. All right. Precious people. They don't know no better. They had taken our tape up off the floor and left it in a wad. Sort of, kind of like a message to me. Whether they did it intentionally or whether it was demonically inspired, there it sat like Goliath. Look at that. Don't you think that looks a little bit intentional? It was there to kind of shake my faith. But I walked in and pointed to it like David pointed his finger at Goliath. And I said, you are going down. You you are not going to stop my faith. Why? Because Pastor Bridget said, it's done. And so it's done. This is my place. And then I just worshipped all over every bit of this carpet. I walked all around this place and I worshipped just like Jehoshaphat. I consecrated myself and I sang and I worshipped and I prayed and I loved on God and I cried. And I just said, oh Lord, thank you. I praise you in Jesus' name. I wasn't crying because I was sad. I was crying because God, I know you're going to do it. Amen. I know you're going to do it, God. Because Pastor Bridget said it's done. Now look at the ladder. Where's the picture now of the ladder? Look at it right there. It's got a beautiful Mexican beside it. That's Lily. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we, we, we're using that ladder now to paint this place, to do everything that we that we want to do. Amen. So, so that ladder didn't win. It went down like the ladder. It don't look so tough now, does it? Amen. So I need you, yeah. I need y'all to, to look at your Goliath like that. I need you to look at whatever is standing against you, whatever is taunting you. They put that there to taunt me. Yes. That's what Goliath did every day. He came out and taunted them. But David said, you come too late. Because I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. You come with your spirit, your javelin. You come with your tape on the ladder. Yeah, I'm coming in the name of the Lord of hosts. This is holy ground and I'm taking back this, this territory for God. Hallelujah. But it was because of the power of agreement. Glory to God. Amen. So look at Psalm 133, 1 and 3. It says, Behold, how good and how pleasant is it for brethren to to dwell together in unity. For there the Lord commanded the blessing. So the Lord had already commanded a blessing on us. We were in unity about it. Pastor Bridget and I were in unity about it. That's the place of commanded blessing. God had already commanded a blessing in the spirit realm. Praise God. Number two. 
Let's look at our enemy to consecration. You know, anything that you do, any commitment to anything is going to require discipline, whether it's work, whether it's your marriage, your family, your children. How many of you know your children require commitment, and commitment requires what? Discipline. You don't feel like getting up and getting some cereal? You don't feel like getting up and changing that diaper. You don't feel like getting up and going to that soccer game. Man, I feel like doing it, but it requires what? Discipline. Discipline requires, I mean, commitment requires discipline. Say that. Commitment requires discipline. Your children, healthy body, diet, and exercise. Come on. That requires commitment. It becomes life. It's got to become lifestyle. And then the kingdom of God, anything that you want to excel at, it's going to require discipline. Say discipline. discipline. So you have to put pressure on commitment. How do you put pressure on commitment? With discipline. You continue to be disciplined. You get on the path and you stay on the path. Amen? Amen. So number one, excuses are the enemy to consecration and breakthrough. Amen. you got to throw out excuses. Excuses are crutches for the uncommitted. Mm-hmm. Come on now. And, and why does the devil... Tempt us with with commitment excuses or commit or, or excuses to where we should be committed. Why? Because there's a grace that comes on your life when you commit yourself fully to God, when you fully consecrate, when you seek first the kingdom, and that's your lifestyle. You know, Sundays are off limit. I'll be, I, my behind will be in church. Why? I need this word coming across the pulpit. I can't live on an every other week uh, pastoral word coming into me. God has raised up a pastor to put scriptures together to, to speak into your heart every week. And you need that. You need it. The Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. So much more as you see the day approaching. Amen. And we see that day is approaching every single day. All right. So, you know, I'm always excited to pray. I love to pray. A lot of people don't like to pray. But, you know, sometimes my flesh says, girl, stay in the bed. Mm. <laughs> but, you know, I get up and I get up with excitement. You know, sometimes my flesh does not want to cooperate. I'll tell you, your flesh does not want to do it. It's your flesh is never going to get excited about spiritual things. Your flesh is not going to say, oh, goody, it's the offer time. <laughs> Come on. Oh, goody. Yeah. But once you consecrate and you commit yourself. Then it becomes, it really does become a joy to you. Okay, so what is what is what is an excuse? An excuse means to release someone for a duty or requirement. It's it's sort of like not a reason, but it's you. It's like you want to be released from something, released from commitment. Amen. So Luke nine sixty two. Look what it says in the message. It says then another said, "I'm ready to follow you, Master, but first excuse me while I get things straightened out at home." Jesus said, "No procrastination." No backward looks. You can't put God's kingdom off till tomorrow. Seize the day. Whoa. So every day I got to get up and say, God, you're first. You are first. And when you order your life that way, there's a grace that comes on your life for this overflow, for this abundant living. Number two, excuses stop you from challenging the accepted norm. So you'll just take, you'll just, you know. If you make an excuse, you, that, that means that, that you'll just accept the, the stats. You'll accept the odds. See, it's when you stand against the odds. You can win when the odds are stacked against you. Yeah. But you but you won't do that if you're a, an excuse maker. Mm-hmm. You can't be an excuse maker. <clears throat> so, you know, that's why I challenged that tape-ridden ladder. No, I wouldn't have done that if I was an excuse maker. I, I, I would have said, no, nah, you know, this is just too hard. Come on now. I'm tired of this. I've been fighting a long time. Long time. <coughs> long time. I've been fighting a long time. Mm-hmm. Be 25 years next year. Praise next God. August. 25 years. And some, some hellacious battles in there. Mm-hmm. But here I stand. Because you gotta, you got to have um, you got to have the mindset that I'm just, okay, most people wouldn't spring back from this. Yeah. Wipe your brow with the towel. Mm-hmm. Huh? Wipe yeah. your brow with the towel. Wipe your brow with the towel and go in for another round. You will get to the other side. Amen? But not if you make excuses. All right? Number three, excuses rob you of the effort needed to be productive. The effort. It takes effort for a dream to come to pass. It's with much business, much painful effort that the vision comes to pass. That's what it says over in Ecclesiastes. It takes a lot of work. A lot of work. A lot, a lot of effort. I came up to paint this week. I was tired. Oh, Lord. I, was, I wasn't just tired. I was tired. Mm. I was tired. 
I wanted to just complain to the Lord. My back was hurting. I said, Lord, I don't want to paint. But I said, I got to set the example and sort of give everybody a snapshot of what we want to do is to bring this place out of the 90s. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful place. I, I just going to hurt my heart to take those columns down. But we want to bring it into, you know, we'll save that for last. I don't know. I'm just nostalgic or what. But I just think it's so beautiful. <laughs> but anyway, 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 anyway. It takes effort to be to be productive. I was tired, but I had to press on. And let me tell you, when I when I finally got the paint all the way, like three quarters of the way, I'm like, oh, because I thought about, well, I'll just stop here and come back tomorrow. And I said, well, let me just go. Let me just go to the end of this wall. When I got to the end of that wall, I'm like, well, I looked up the farther right there. Let me just keep going. And the closer I got to being finished, the more excited I got. All right. Yeah. And I said, okay, well, let me just go on and cut in while I'm up here on the ladder. Now, we still got to put one more coat on it, but you know what? Praise God, I closed it up. But it takes effort to be productive. Amen? It's a, it's a lot of work. The number four, excuses cause you to magnify problems above the ability of God. So don't make excuses. See, God's got the ability to bring that dream to pass, that business you want to do. But you got to get up and get busy. you got to stop allowing yourself to make excuses for yourself. Don't give yourself that. Who am I talking to today? It's quit putting it off. It's never going to happen if you don't get up and do something. Amen. All right, so purpose in your heart to be a blessing. It's an intentional shifting of the heart. Intentional shifting of your heart to be consecrated and to and to not make excuses. Intentional shifting. It's like intentional. It's not just going to happen. So I'm wait for the Lord to just move me that direction. Well, you're just going to keep waiting. You have to intentionally shift your heart. All right, number three, commitment to the vision. We're almost done. Commitment to the vision. Acts 16, 9 through 10. It says, a vision appeared to Paul in the night. I underlined it, but would you circle Paul's name? Who'd the vision appear to? So he got a a vision in the night. What was the vision? A man of Macedonia stood with him in the dream or in the vision and pleaded with him saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. Verse 10 says, now after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. Now who saw the vision? Okay, but who went? All of them. All of them went. And so the vision that we have for this place, the vision that we have for Acceleration Church, it's all of our vision. Amen? He's given me the vision, but what they said said was they took ownership of it. Come on, y'all. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. I need you to, to, to today make a decision and a shift in your heart that this vision is your vision. It's not just Pastor Sally and I'm waiting on her to do everything or get everything started. I need somebody to take ownership of the kitchen. Yeah. I need somebody to take ownership of painting that children's department. I need somebody to take ownership of tearing up this carpet. I need somebody to take ownership of bringing your weed eater and weed eating the parking lot where there's uh, grass sticking up in the parking lot. Drives me crazy every time I drive up. Because it's not excellent. This is the house of God. Yeah. We're taking it. It's holy ground. It's got to reflect God. Amen. We can't have grass growing up. I need somebody who got a weed eater. Somebody with a weed eater. I need somebody to bring the weed eater up. Somebody take, you know, let's, let's, let's all take ownership of the parking lot first. Why don't we do it all together? Yeah. We all take ownership. Y'all just surprise me. Amen. Somebody come up with your, with, your, with your weed eater and just, let's surprise God. Let's just get those weeds gone. Somebody buy some weed killer. Somebody's got a weed eater. Who can buy some weed killer? Like what, four ninety five for a bucket of weed killer? Amen. And just go, just go kill the Lord's weeds. Amen. Come on, go kill the Lord's weeds. Fix up the Lord's parking lot. Okay, this little thing out there where the sign is, it's got all that grass in it. I want that grass out. Who'll take ownership of that grass? Oh, y'all so quiet. It cooled off outside. It was beautiful outside. Can we get a group of people to take ownership of the grass? Amen. Can we come home on one day and barbecue? What time? Whenever. Y'all, y'all tell me. Any day. Any day. I'm open any day, too, except for next week. It's, it's you know, y'all have to surprise me next week. Huh? No, I can't do it next week because I've got the, the, um, the strategies conference. And this year, y'all don't want me to get off topic. Remember where I was at. Um. This year, Apostle Hilliard called and asked me to be on the set. 
of television. Another breakthrough. Not because I, I'm usually on the show, but I'm in the back room doing, trying to get some pastors who will, who will interview with me. And the pastors are, it don't make no sense. I say, I say, pastor, would you come and let me interview you? Oh no, I, I'm shy. You're a pastor. <laughs> Doesn't that say pastor on your tag? How are you going to be shy? Come on. Amen. So, you know, I, so this year, rather than dragging past, they seem to come and they walk another way. I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. And it's always been a desire in my heart to be like a news anchor. I watch them on TV. I'm like, man, I can smoke them. I can do that so much easier than them. So to be a Christian-like newscaster, but it's happened. Breakthrough. Incredible breakthrough. Hallelujah. Okay, so where was I? On the grass. The grass. Okay, what about these shrubs over here? Who's got who's got like a, a shrub we call it a shrub cutter, electric shrub cutter? I know one of y'all's got to have one. Who's going? Look, Harry's got one. Who else has got one? Oh, y'all got these over? Wait, wait, where's your machete? I got a machete? She says the old fashioned with the scissors or the big the big ones? The big ones. It, it doesn't matter, but those bushes out there are, are terrible looking. And then on the inside of the fence, I mean, I want to put up a fence. We'll take ownership of the fence. Somebody take ownership of the fence. Look, Jennifer raised her hand for everything. She was like little Pastor Sally. I'm, that's exactly how I was in church. Oh, 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 I'll do it. Brother Donna say, I'm like, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it. See, y'all hear me? Y'all hear me talking to you? I mean, y'all, you are commissioned. You've got an unction to function. Just take ownership of it. This is our church. Let's start with the parking lot. Y'all surprised me this week. <laughs> Tomorrow night after work, I'll be up here so we can all start. So about five o'clock. Tomorrow night. Um, I get off at four thirty, so by five five thirty we'll be here. Just whatever's done after Nick gets through early, and he said he's gonna come early in the morning. Well, then text me so we don't come then. I'm I'm, going to be busy from this week. Once I start, we say goodbye here today. I'm focused on strategies the entire week. Yeah, I can do tomorrow night, and then I got strategies Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday night. Okay. Anybody who's not going to strategies, look, those bushes over there, I want to, those bushes and everything out, everything out there in that thing where our sign is, I want it completely cleaned. Mm-hmm. I want it to be uh, completely covered up. We'll get a few bags of dirt and put in there. And then I just want to put some little things in there, like liriope or something like that, that looks like we meant to. That's the biggest mess out there I've ever seen. It's like, okay, let's find a bush there. And yeah, put one there. And yeah, put one there. And there. It's like it makes no sense where they planted those bushes. And we want it to look nice. I mean, I don't think there's even any salvage in those bushes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like the rose bushes, but... I mean, we want to put like low stuff in there that looks pretty and all the grass out and put mulch, right? So once the grass is out, what do we do? How do we, you know, we put some of that weed block down. That's, that's what I'd like to see happen. Put weed block down. Let's get a, a dump load of, tr- of uh, dump truck load full of dirt and uh, put, put some liriope in there and, uh, or just something, this, something small, Mexican heather or that stuff with those little purple flowers on it. That's liriope, isn't it? Oh, that's Maxine Heather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty stuff, too. Stuff that, that won't die, that'll be easy to keep alive. Amen? Amen. So I want y'all to just take ownership of it. And then, okay, look at your very last blank there. There's a lot to be done, but I need everybody to do their part with their time, talent, and treasure. Everybody's doing their part. Everybody's taking ownership with your time, your talent, and your treasure. Your time. It, it's consecrated time. It's time that you set aside. That means God puts a blessing on the rest of your time. Y'all better hear me this morning. I'm telling you, your life will go to another level of breakthrough because you've set aside consecrated time to come deal with the Lord's parking lot. Amen. It needs to be pressure washed. You know, we could probably run a pressure washing machine and do it ourselves rather than and then paying that guy to do it. Yeah. Amen. But let's do it ourselves and let's save the Lord's money for stuff we want to put in here to make it look nice. Amen. That just means somebody's got to get out there and, and, and get one and hold on to it. Maybe a group of you get together. That costs like, what, $100 for one day or less. Let's get it done. Amen. Take turns pressure washing. Would y'all say be a turn? 
No, 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 y'all go ahead. Y'all go ahead and just get it done. I just want to get it done. I just don't want to drive up and go, ugh. You know, I've got the, the window circles that we're going to put, the pictures we're going to put on each one of those. Hey, y'all, listen, listen, one more thing. Um, I got ready to design the sign, and I was looking for people online to put on the sign because I want to show that we're multicultural. I couldn't find any pictures that, that matched who we are. Literally, literally. So today after church, I need to get some photos of y'all. Who would be willing to let me put your picture on the sign? Bubba? Jackie? We'll put y'all on the sign, y'all can't break up. <laughs> this, is, this is not a proposal, I'm just saying. Huh? It's a commitment. It's a commitment. We put your picture on the sign. Y'all stuck like check on the bus. <laughs> All right. So who can be who can be available for the photo shoot today? To let me do do your picture after church. Come on, I need I need y'all. <laughs> yeah, we want to show that we're multicultural and that we're like people with blue hair are welcome. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, Nasario, we need you on the sign. Even cowboys, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. We even allow Cowboys fans here. So everybody, y'all with me? So your time, your talent, what kind of skills do you have? Right now I'm looking for a tile man. I need a tile man in the kitchen. I want to take those cabinets out. You know, you know me, I'd go in there and bust them out myself. Father, we thank you that nothing we propose to do will be withheld from us. So we thank you, Lord, that you're releasing supernatural power, supernatural wisdom, that, Lord, we have supernatural strength for this season, God. Strengthen our bodies, strengthen our minds, strengthen our resolve, Lord, to serve you with all that we have. Now, Lord, we thank you for it, and we seal this prayer in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus. Come on, say amen. Amen. All right, well, it's all for the time. All right, it's time to give. So um, open up your app. If you don't have the Acceleration Church app, just um, go to the app store and put in Acceleration Church. It starts with an X. You can see on your note sheet how to spell it. If you don't have the Acceleration app, you want to you want to go download that app. And then so this is the time where we honor God with our tithes and with our offerings. <laughs> it's so easy to give a lot. <laughs> 